Hey loggers, welcome back to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown, the bite-sized edition. Uh, this week I'm going to be talking about social media and, well, I mean, I guess the greater, the, the larger aspect of uh, this this whole nearly no screens November thing we got going on here by Mr. Nate McKeever. Um, so I'm going to be a jerk this week and just totally steal his idea altogether. But I figured, you know, this is the first episode of November. Why not kick it off uh, with a little talk about what this whole no screens or nearly no screen November thing is and kind of what I'm planning on doing for it. So um, this started off, this is totally Nate's idea. He wanted to do this. Uh, and generally in November, my understanding is that he he tries to pull back on uh, screen usage in general. But so here's what he posted uh, earlier this week, just to let everyone know about what's going on. I'm just going to read it. In case you're not in any of our social groups, that's totally fine, especially <laughs> based on what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, anyways, Nate says, okay, typically in November, I give up some sort of screen time, whether it's no social media or no video games. I usually take the month to reset, and I'm inviting anyone who might be interested to join me this month. But I'm also doing things a little differently this time around. Instead of just completely abstaining, I thought it might be interesting to use this time as an opportunity to reevaluate my screen time and see where and how I can develop healthier rhythms. And I'd like to encourage you to do the same. In hashtag nearly no screens November, the goal is to develop better habits, and that's not a one-size-fits-all approach. For me, it means trying to get my phone usage down to under an hour a day consistently and, for the most part, getting my video game time down to around five to six a week. For others, well, it might be different. Maybe you need to delete social media, or maybe you need to scale back on gaming or watching TV, or maybe you need to reprioritize how you spend your time overall. Who knows? Well, you probably do. Anyway, I thought I'd throw this out there to the group and see if anyone might be interested. If you are, feel free to post in the thread what your goals are so we can be praying and encouraging one another. Um, so when when Nate originally kind of pitched this idea, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, I already have three kids and school and work and all this stuff. Like, I, I don't have that much you know, d time to dedicate to video games in general. So uh, I, I don't necessarily want to give that up for the next month. Um, but in thinking about, you know, just my my natural rhythms and my daily habits, um, I do find that I tend to just scroll uh, for no reason on my phone sometimes. And I I, I don't like that. So in part from uh, Nate's recommendation and also uh, from a documentary that I watched uh, earlier, well, I guess like last week, um, I am focusing this month, November, on pulling way back on social media, primarily from Facebook, because that's really the one that I kind of go to uh, all the time. But uh, in in general, just pulling back from social media, not not quitting it altogether. There's there's an aspect of it in which um, I, I work and do some stuff on on uh, Facebook for the church. Uh, just a few things here and there, so I can't like totally unplug. But pulling way back to where, like, you know, I'm not checking it multiple dozens of times throughout the day. Um, I, I think this also kind of goes for email as well. I tend to check my email all the time. Uh, and I think the more that I have kind of thought about it, I think there's this idea that I have to always be available and accessible. And that's not, um, it's not super healthy because of what it does to the way that it fragments my attention span and things like that. Like I'm always kind of like, there's always that bit, that subconscious bit of my brain that's waiting for my phone to buzz so that I can react to something. Um, in a way, it's it's almost somewhat masochistic, I guess, but 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can delve into that a little bit farther. But as I kind of reflect on my own phone usage, um, uh, yeah, I, I realize that I am more tied to my phone than I would like to be. Um, the idea of forgetting my phone at home when I drive to work would probably send me to get my phone later in the day because I only work about 10 minutes away from where uh, from where I live. So it's not like a huge drive across town or anything like that. But still, um, that idea, I, as I reflect, I don't think it's altogether healthy. Um, so I just want to, that, that's kind of my focus for this month is to stop using my phone so much and to pull back on social media. Um, and, but along with that, it's not, one, I'm not going to go totally cold turkey, but I also want to be able to evaluate uh, this time and the way that I'm using my time a little bit more um, and learn about kind of the things that social media does and the things that my phone is doing to me from a more neutral perspective, one where I'm not constantly pulling it out so that I can have uh, better attention, you know, when I'm around friends and family uh, and not be, not kind of like default to my phone whenever I have a free few minutes. Uh, I, th I think that would really, well, I'll get to that at the end, but I do see that as a net positive. So um, I said that I watched a documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's called Social Media, it's called The Social Media Dilemma. Um, I would recommend it because it brings up some interesting points. I do think it definitely overstates its premise. Um, it is very, uh, just in the way that it's presented in the little story that it, it tells throughout the documentary, it is very much like social media is destroying the social fabric of of the world right now. And I would not go that far. Um, I, I think you need a healthy dose of personal responsibility to kind of even out some of the, the more, um, just dark and foreboding aspects of this documentary. So, uh, kind of its overall message. Yeah, I think it goes too far. That said, there are certain things that it says that it points out that I think are very interesting and they were very good for me to be reminded of and uh, to be taught as well. So one of the things that it talks about and one of the things is I'm kind of delving in um, is, is looking into how your phone is gathering data on you and how, um, you know, big tech is kind of the buzzword, but things like social media accounts as well as Google are watching you and watching everything that you're doing. And to me, okay, I understand, I'm, I'm big on, uh, you know, I lean more libertarian. So I'm big on like, if a business, you know, if the, a business is trying to conduct business, I don't think it's, it's like large scale, like spying on you to learn everything about you. Like that's not, I don't think simply that they're learning about you is a necessarily altogether horrible thing in and of itself uh, because I see like they don't really care about you as a person they care about your dollars how you spend your money uh, and how they can then sell what they know about you to companies in order to target you with different ad campaigns and things like that so on the one hand I think that I mean it, it is a respectable business model in that they are making money from advertisers and you are getting a free service, right? I mean, like most of my email comes from Gmail and that's totally free. I have a Google Drive and Google Docs uh, and those are totally free. The benefits of social media, of that social connection that I have to people that I don't see every day, 
Um, the, it, I do think social media has some benefits, so I'm not being totally down on it. Um, it, it comes at a, the price is not monetary. It's not financial, right? I get a good or a service from them for free. Um, and I think that as a business, they have every right to, um, so long as, you know, they let you know what they're doing, they have every right to, you know, sell your information so long as you've agreed to give them that information. The thing is, um, I didn't understand the ways in which they gather information. Um, so a lot of social media and Google uh, tend to watch what you do, like the time that you spend online and what gets you to stop scrolling, the kind of videos that you like to watch, the kind of ads that you will stop and look at, um, those kinds of things, and they they group you and categorize you so that so that their ads, their targeted ad campaigns, work better. And again, from a business point of view, that makes sense because it, it, it's it's better advertisement, right? Um, but it's also kind of I I did not realize how um, down to like the fact that you stop scrolling, the fact that you slow down on certain things. Um, Facebook and Google and these social media platforms know those things about you. And that kind of scares me. <laughs> There's part of me that's like, oh, that is, that is way, um, way too close. And that's probably information that I don't even necessarily want to uh, be confronted with. Um, you know, lots of memes that I stop and look at. But then also, you know, just like divisive posts and things like that. And I think that's, that's kind of why you see sort of the polarization, because uh, these these really crazy ideas get people to stop their scrolling, and so that's the kind of things uh, that are are put in front of your face because it will because you'll spend more time with it. So there is this data aspect, which again I'm I'm a bit of two minds about. I get it; they're businesses and they provide free services for us. So I'm not that that is one aspect of it, of this um but then you think of social media and social media is generally a form of entertainment right yes it's social and so i think it does have some good things uh it, it's a tool that can be used for good to stay in connection with your with your friends and with your family um but i do think i i tend to um when i have a free few minutes you know i'm waiting in line or um, I just get home from work and I just want to, you know, veg, I pull out my phone and then I tend to scroll for a little while longer than I would like to, you know, it's not me necessarily making a conscious decision. Yes, it is. I am making a conscious decision, certainly. Uh, but at the same time, I don't say I'm going to sit down for 20 minutes and scroll on my phone. Like, no, if I, if I was actually presented with that question before me, I'd be like, no, I'm going to go do something, you know, play my 3DS or something. I don't know. Um, so I do find it, it is certainly a source of entertainment, one in which stopping and reflecting, yeah, I probably spend too much with. Like, it's okay to check these things, but am I really checking up on my friends or am I looking for a way to veg? You know, are there better uses of my time? Certainly. Um, and then there's this other aspect, which is brought out in the documentary, but also in different um, books that I've read on this subject as well, is the way in which social media in particular, Google to some extent as well, um, is it, it's actually manufactured to, um, to be very similar to a slot machine, right? Have you ever noticed, I know this is really simple and pedantic, but have you ever noticed that when you refresh your Facebook feed uh, that you get different results? 
uh, it's not like it just shows you the same. The, the timeline is not always the same. It refreshes itself. Like you're literally kind of like pulling, swiping down on the screen so that you can get different results. And maybe there's something that's going to give you a little dopamine hit, right? Maybe you're going to get a notification, not necessarily if you refresh, you know, notifications pop up anyway. But it it's built in such a way that it's it's trying to grab your attention. It's trying to make you feel special in some way. And that gives you a little hit of dopamine, which um, if you're used to that, like you're basically training your body if you're continually going back to this, um, that this is a valid form of social interaction, but also it's a valid form of, of making you feel good about yourself. Even though there are certain aspects of social media that can make you feel worse about yourself, that's a whole other conversation that I don't necessarily want to, to go down. But things like when Facebook introduced the like button, that is, you know, so that you can have some sort of social interaction, but it is kind of like the lowest common denominator that you can have with someone, you know, just, oh, I like what you have to say on the internet. And it feels good to get a like, right? Um, but then the, the way that it's twisted, because we're fallen creatures, because we, you know, want that attention as well is we're constantly, you know, like waiting on it. And, and, you know, it can even get to the point where you post something and, oh, I, I didn't get very many likes. I guess that wasn't even really worth posting kind of a thing. And, and you know, you can go down that spiral as well and it can cause some, some social anxiety. Um, and I've noticed too, like if I spend a good chunk of time away from my phone or away from Facebook, like, Oh man, you know, like I, I want to go check Facebook just to see what people are saying, see what's going on, um, join in in the conversation as it were. It's almost like this low level form of uh, FOMO, right? A fear of missing out. Like, oh, what's going on? Like, I haven't checked it in a while. I'm sure I have notifications. I'm sure I can look into, you know, some interesting things that my friends are saying, which again, from a social aspect, like, okay, it's not bad in and of itself, but should I really be feeling that way based on Facebook? Because more than likely it's, you know, someone posting a joke or, you know, some memes that you missed, or it could be internet drama, which <laughs> do we really need more internet drama? I, I, you know, I don't know about that. So um, kind of all these things together has me thinking about my social media usage specifically for November. And like I said, uh, for this month, I just want to pull way back and continue to educate myself from an outside perspective where I'm not in the thick of it every single day. Um, so in addition to pulling back, um, I'm going to be reading through a few books or listening to a few books and looking up some stuff online. I already started uh, looking at a few videos, a few TED Talks on on YouTube that talk about social media and its impact on us. And like everything you have to evaluate for yourself is this true for you because some people are wired to where like a like that's some of these things are not like having likes on your posts is not a big deal to you in general it's not that big of a deal to me either and that's why i generally don't post very often i just tend to lurk all the time um but I, I recognize that for some people that can be big, you know, especially, uh, well, there's a whole other conversation about being giving social media to your kids and to teenagers and the effects that that can have. But uh, regardless, you know, if you don't have a strong um, sense of self, it can be difficult to, to 
work with social media as well. It can introduce a lot of uh, strange things as well. Uh, but anyways, what I was saying is that I am going to try and educate myself a bit better, look into the effects of social media. So a couple things I'm just throwing out. I have read this book before, listened to it before. I'm going to listen to it again. It's called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. I really enjoyed it when I listened to it the first time, but I also remember thinking like, this guy's pretty extreme. I'm not going to go that far with this, but I can definitely stand to pull back from my phone, from social media. Um, so I want to try and listen to it again and see how much it resonates and see if, hey, maybe I need to implement that more. Um, and then I have this other book that I just checked out called Offline by Imran Rashid. Uh, that, you know, same, same deal. It just talks about the effects of social media. I'll report back on the, the next couple main episodes of the Backlog Breakdown, you know, just kind of giving you updates on where I am on these books. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be free. So my goal in this whole thing, I want to be free from feeling compelled to check my phone throughout the day, feeling like I have to be tied to my phone. Um, because I do think there's a certain element of like, oh, it's not an addiction. I have full control. No problem. And then when I think about like not having my phone on me for a whole day, uh, it kind of like freaks me out a little bit. Like, oh, what if, you know, my wife needs to get in contact with me or what if all these other, you know, my brain automatically goes through these things like, oh no, maybe it's, maybe it's a inflated self-importance. I don't know, but I recognize that, oh Yeah. You know, that's, that's probably not healthy, feeling like I need to have my phone on me all day long or feeling the incessant need to recheck my Facebook or check my email every couple of hours kind of a thing. Um, and I do think it also causes this um, fragmented attention where there's this subconscious part of me that is waiting for my phone to, to vibrate so that I can check some sort of notification. Uh, and that I, I just I want to get away from that. I want to be able to uh, focus a bit better and to use my time a little bit more wisely. Because at the end of the day, um, cutting things out, sure, it can give you more time. But the question is, what are you actually going to use that time for? Right? What will you do with that time? Because you could just as easily dump it into something else that is not, uh, frankly, worth your time. Uh, you know, the, the scripture says, and I'm probably going to just totally butcher this, this passage, but it says, you know, think on the things that are, that are, beautiful, that are pure, that are lovely. Uh, think on good things. And, you know, if you're spending all your time on social media, if you're spending all your time staring at your phone, are the things that you're looking at, maybe you're looking at your Bible app. In that case, awesome. Go for it, dude. Um, maybe you're reading some other like uh, works on, on theology, you know, or, or listening to Christian pot. Maybe you are getting that from your phone. And if so, more power to you. Um, but I recognize that I am letting a lot of just junk in, even if it's just dumb stuff, even if it's stupid memes, which I enjoy a lot. Maybe there's a little bit too much of that in my life right now. Um, so I'm definitely trying to do this with open hands towards God asking, Hey, how can I be a better servant, right? How can I follow you better in the way that I use this tool that you've given me? It's amazing that I have this supercomputer in my pocket. 
Um, but I want to use it as your son, as your disciple, not just on my every whim because I'm bored sometimes, you know? So hopefully uh, you will think through some of these things this month as well in Nearly No Screens November. If you want to join in with us, uh, let us know and, and see, you know, how we can interact. Um, it's funny that I say, you know, we should, we should talk about this kind of a thing. But I do think that's the benefit of social media is being able to form communities and talk to each other about different things and kick around ideas. Um, so there are some form like Discord I'm not uh, pulling away from because I really enjoy the conversations we have there. Um, and that doesn't come with all kind of the bells and whistles that some of the other social media platforms do. Um, but that said, yeah, I would love to hear from you if you are thinking through these things yourself and how to implement them. But until next time, bloggers, uh, you know, you do your your things and we'll do our things. It's it's not a main episode, so I don't have like a, a, a normal kind of ending thing or whatever. Uh, hopefully this was a, a bite-sized enough for you. Hopefully it's given you something to think about. Till next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu. And I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash henshindad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go-go, baby!